Sorry about that, missed the first couple points. But uh, so children are, are not morally or ethically neutral. They, they have uh, sin in them. They're born as sinners. Life does not begin from a neutral standpoint. It, it, has to, um, it has to be that there is sin that is part of man because of Adam. Uh, Proverbs 22.15 is, is really the remedy. It says, folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but a child left to himself disgraces. I'm sorry, folly is born in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far from him. So the Bible says that folly is naturally there in a child, and there will be a necessary way to drive that from him, which is the rod of discipline. Proverbs 29.15, the rod of correction imparts wisdom, but a child left to himself disgraces his mother. I share with you my friend who was murdered by his brother. Well, his dad would come into the office after this happened and would just sit across the table from me and just weep. And he'd say, Grant, I am paying the consequences of Proverbs 29.15 exactly as it says. The rod of correction imparts wisdom, but a child left to himself disgraces his mother. We are disgraced. I did not discipline my kids. I'm paying the worst penalty possible of watching one of my kids kill the other. And, and just weeping because he knew that he should have been disciplining his kid, and he, and he hadn't. Biblical discipline always expresses God's love. And, and, and again, it is a, a rescue mission. But the problem is it's not so much the parent's insistence on being obeyed. It's the child's need to be rescued from death. The child is outside that circle of blessing, and there's danger there. That's what we're trying to do is bring them out of that danger, a death that results from rebellion left unchallenged in their heart. That's what happens. There is rebellion in the heart of your cute little two-year-old. I mean, that's what they're doing. They throw a temper tantrum. That is rebellion. And they're saying, I want what I want, and I'm going to get it. I'm going to lay on the floor and pound my fist and kick my feet, and I'm going to get what I want because I think that's a way that's going to work for me. That's rebellion that's being unchallenged, and it needs to be challenged. The rod goes and rescues them from that path of destruction they're already on. They're heading in that direction. That's what they're doing. And so we use the rod to, uh, to bring them back. The child who's not submitting to parental authority is acting foolishly. And that's what they're doing. Uh, he's living a life for immediate gratification of what he wants, when he wants, whatever his desires are. That's the problem. So to refuse God's rule means to choose his own rule. And if a child chooses their own rule, it leads to death. I mean, we just don't have the wisdom as human beings to be able to naturally find life. It's we need God. God is the difference here. The height of foolishness is to reject that and to say, no, I'm, I'm not going to be following anything that's right. I want my own desires. And we see that in our society. As society gets worse and worse, I mean, you see these thugs walking down the street, and they just don't even have it in their conscience hardly anymore because they've been left to their own desires. And oh, I'm not going to discipline them. I'm not going to discipline them. So let me uh, back up a little bit and define the rod. I think it's important to do that. And uh, this is taken from Ted Tripp. We're going to take this apart, but let me uh, first mention what he says. The rod of correction is a parent in faith towards God and faithfulness to his child undertaking a timely, careful, measured, and controlled use of physical punishment to underscore the importance of obeying God, thus rescuing the child from continuing in foolishness. Okay? So as we look at that, first it's only the parents should use the rod. This is not something that you tell the grandparents they got to do, the school does it, you know, the Sunday school teacher. No, this is for the parents that God has designed, and it, we only see in Scripture that it's the parent that is doing this kind of discipline. Uh, the command of Rob, Proverbs 
29:17 is to discipline your son and he will give you peace. He will delight, he will bring delight to your soul. It's the dad being told to discipline your son to, to do this. It's the parents that are told. Secondly, the use of the rod is an act of faith. So it's a parent in faith towards God. This is an act of faith. I mean, this is, man, I'm doing things that are very countercultural here if I'm, if I'm doing something like this. God has mandated its use, therefore that is what I'm using as my basis here. The parents obey not because we perfectly understand, ah, okay, you inflict this and this is what happened. We don't really understand that process 100%, but we know that God says it, he commands it, and because of that we want to obey it. It's a confidence in God's wisdom and his word is what it is. Now we're going to look at the rod in a way it's applied to different age brackets. You're not going to take your 15-year-old and go spank him. That's just not reality, folks. But younger kids, you start at this level. You have to start building that discipline in them. And remember, we talked about the different phases. Well, the way we of, of parenting, where you start off as being the disciplinarian. And that's the zero to six age. That's when the rod is used the most, is zero to six. And if you do it right, you apply it in the right way for the right time and the right things, you're basically done at that point after six. And you're not dealing with those type of discipline issues. They're now trained well. But just because your kid is already past six, it's not like, oh, okay, I can't do any discipline. No, we're, we're going to keep working through that. Thirdly, you use the rod as an act of faithfulness to the child. So it's a faithfulness to God and his word and what he says um, and confidence in God's word, but also faithfulness to the child. We recognize there is hope. This child is a sinner and there is hope. You don't want to be a party to his heading into the area of destruction. You want to rescue him from there and it's an expression of love now. So it's, it's an act of faithfulness to the child in love to say, no, I don't want you going down that road. That's just not healthy for you. My son, you're, you're making some poor choices here. I need to rescue you, and I'm going to use a means that is very firm here. And uh, we're going to do that. Okay, next, um, the rod should be used, it says in here, in a couple different ways in this definition that, that uh, Ted Tripp says. First, it should be careful. We, we need to be careful when we do this. It's not just a willy-nilly type of thing flailing all over the place. Uh, it should be timely. There should be a time uh, correlation to what occurs and, and the results that they get because of it. So it's not like, ah, you did something four weeks ago that was, was bad and I forgot to spank you. I'm going to come over here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spank you. No, that's, that's not, they're gonna, not going to see a good tie between the two. It should be measured. We're going we're gonna to look at this in a little bit uh, deeper way here, but, but it should be very calculated. You know what? This is a serious sin. It needs to be dealt with. I, I'm going to give you X amount of spankings because of it. It should be controlled. So it's it's not just totally, you know, the parents are frustrated. They're, you know, you got the veins popping out of the head and oh, I'm going to take care of this. Oh, I'm going to be real controlled as I do this. No, you're, that's not what we're talking about here. It should never be a venting of parental anger. We can never, ever strike our kids in that way. It can't be what a parent does when they're frustrated. You know, I, I can't do anything else. I've had it. I'm so upset with you. I'm just going to spank you. It can't be that. That's not what we're using it for. The rod is used as part of your rescue mission. It's part of the rescue mission to bring them back. And it's, it's one of the tools that we're going to use. And it's not that the child has disobeyed me that I'm dealing with this. It's because they've disobeyed God. Okay? So if they disobey my rules, yeah, I, I can set up for them some rules and, and certain things they have to do, but... That should not be our concern so much as it is God and the circle of blessing. They have disobeyed God, and that's my concern. I want to draw them back. My rules, if, you know, I can set up that on Tuesdays at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, you have to brush your teeth. Well, great rule. You can set it up, but my rule, and, you know, why is that, and, and what is it? But 
it's not so much that my rules, but God, the way you would tie that in is you disobeyed this particular rule that we have is because I am your authority over you and you need to trust God that the, this is best for you. So there are there is a place where you drive it back to God wants you to obey your parents is, is more the rule there. Um, there's some distortions of the rod. And this is what, what people use as excuses. And you're probably running some of these through your head that either parents have told you or if you thought of yourself or maybe your neighbors have used. Um, first, child abuse is not biblical. That's not what it means to use the rod. I mean, it, that's, we're not going there. That's not part of it. Um, unbridled anger or temper, James chapter 1 talks specifically about that. Man's anger does not bring about the fruit of righteousness. So we can't use anger. We can't be doing this in anger. And that's often child abuse. What it is, it's, it's anger. It's unbridled. That is completely unacceptable. And you need the spanking if that happens. Uh, secondly is venting frustrations. There are times when each of us have had moments of frustrations with our children. I, I can tell you, I've been there and done that. It just exasperated me. It's like, oh, what am I going to do? This kid can't get it through their brain here. And, and sometimes you're left hurt. You're left angry because, man, why did they do that? That's just painful. That, that hurts me. The rod is not a tool to release that frustration. It's not about you. It's not about, oh, man, you frustrated me and I'm upset. That's not it. Sometimes we might be spanking because they embarrass us, and that's a part of that. You know what? I'm really embarrassed that you caused this to happen here. It made me look in front of my friends that, you know, Mr. Oweiler was there, and you went and picked your nose right in front of him. You know, those are, no, that's, that's not what it should be. It's, it's not about embarrassing you. That's, that's wrong motives if, if that's what we're, we're doing. Uh, the next would be retribution. So it's not because there's a repayment due or a payment due. Um, paying for their sins. Oh, you did this and you get to pay for your sins. Here's what it is. No, it's, it's not that kind of a, of a retribution. Here it's rather, it's correction in a positive goal of restoration. It's what you're looking at. Di- different attitude there. It has a negative goal of payment is what it, it, it does in this. It's like a convict trying to pay his debt to society. Well, that's, that's not what we're deal- dealing with here. This is against God. It's a, it's a different way. It's not a biblical concept to, to think of punishment for your kid as paying a debt for what they've done and, and retribution. No, it's, it's, it's a rescue. You see the difference between the two? Where they've done something and they've got to pay for it versus, no, you're, you're risking what you're doing in life here. And lastly, there, it's a connection. there should be no connection to anger. That's a distortion of the rod. Some people feel that they're, you know what, you did something wrong. I need to get angry at you and I need to separate from you. I need to set you aside. You've been naughty. I'm not going to talk to you. I need to leave you there because I need to let you see that I'm, I'm upset about this. It's a, there's a connection to anger, almost putting, creating a distance between the two. No, we shouldn't be doing that. That's, that's not what correction in, in this sense is. Okay, there's some objections. You know what? You've heard this, this whole spanking issue, and I, I use that always in quotes when I, when I do because I've, I've got some better words for that. Um, Common objections, I love my child too much. You know, I just love them too much to be able to do something like this. I, I, I wouldn't want to do this to them. Well, who benefits when you don't spank your child? Is it them or you? Often it's you. You, know, you don't want to go through the pain of, of having to have done this. It's, it's not the child. You're delivered from the discomfort, the agony of inflicting some pain on one that you love. And, and look at Christ. I mean, with us, he punishes us, doesn't he? And so he inflicts that. Um, also, it takes a loss of time for us to stop to properly, biblically correct 
our kids in the right way. So it's not that we love them so much not to do it. It's because often that instead that we love ourselves too much. We don't want to have to go through the pain of having to done, do this and to stop and take our time. Proverbs 13, uh, 24 says, He who spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is careful to discipline him. See that? The rod and the discipline. So it, it's important. It's always a part there. He who spares the rod hates his son. Wow, that's, that's pretty forceful. So saying you actually hate your child if you're, if you're hold, withholding this from him. Um, we have a whole society that's afraid to confront, don't we? You know, in, in the workplace and uh, all different places that there's the confrontation is so difficult now. And it starts way back here with your child. You're afraid to confront them. Oh, I don't want them to think badly of me. I love them too much. No, that's, that is a wrong way to look at this. We're doing it as an act of love to bring them back. How about this one? I, I'm afraid that I will hurt my child. Afraid that I'm going I'm to hurt my child by doing this. Does the thought of biblical discipline evoke a parent out of control to you? Angrily flailing maybe when you were younger? Did you have a parent that was that way? And that may have done that. You know, you're thinking, oh, man, I remember my dad getting out of his belt and whipping me. Oh, it was just like, I, I don't want to have anything to do with that, right? That's often what we think. Or, uh, you know, maybe he'd been drinking at the time. Whatever it is, and you did something, the slightest thing, and he comes back and wham! I mean, this is often what, what comes into our mind when we think of this because it's totally out of control unacceptable. It's uncontrolled rage. That's child abuse. And many of us have seen that. It's not a biblical use of the rod. Um, I remember my, uh, my mom would spank me with a ruler. And yeah, that thing didn't hurt or anything. But man, when my dad got at it, I, I got in trouble with a belt and that thing hurt. And I knew it and, and I didn't want that. But he, it was usually for a reason that I deserved it. <laughs> Proverbs twenty three thirteen: do not withhold discipline from a child. If you punish him with the rod, he will not die. You know, we think that, oh, my kid's going to die if I do this. Well, you know, that's, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, especially if they can put on the act. They can, they can put that act on. Uh, but we're afraid it's going to hurt our child. That's probably your problem more than theirs if, if you're doing something like that. Uh, next is uh, I, I feel it will cause my child to rebel. If I do this, my child sees me doing this as an act of, of hurt and pain to somebody else. They're going to want to do the same thing. They're going to rebel because of that. Well, you want your children to love you and to appreciate you. And I think mom and dad are great, don't you? That's what, that's what we all want. Spanking might make them think that you're cruel and harsh. I mean, why would you do that? It's going to bring out the worst of them. No. Proverbs 24, 17. Discipline your son and he will give you peace. He will bring delight to your soul. Discipline has a positive reaction, not a negative reaction if it's done right. And so often we just don't want to do it because we're afraid that they're, if maybe, it's, maybe you're not communicating well with what it is. You know, if they're outside that circle of blessing and say, you kid, I'm going to womp on you. What are you thinking? Didn't you know that I told you to do that? No, we've done it wrong. As opposed to, son, do you realize what you're doing? You're, you're out of God's circle of blessing. Ephesians 6 one says, honor your father and mother here, and you're doing something that's the exact opposite. I need to bring you into that circle, and, and son, I'm going to take care of it this way. And, and we're going to talk about the age ways that we do this in, in different ways. So rather than yielding angry children, biblical discipline, discipline brings children who are at peace with you. Children are happy and engaged, and, and we've seen it time and time again if it's done right. After a spanking, that's when you may get those heartfelt hugs where they actually feel like things are right between the two of you. You know, they've had this feeling of angst and separation from you, and sometimes the spanking is what, what says, oh, finally I can release this, and the tears flow, and they give you that hug saying, I'm so sorry. That's what we're after is where their heart. Remember, we're going after the heart and behavior of the heart. And uh, that's what will do it. 
Okay, but you say, uh, you know what, I've tried it. It doesn't work. I've heard that I don't know how many times from people. I've tried it. Uh, it just doesn't work with my kids. Well, there's, there's many reasons for that. First is an inconsistent application of the rod. Of the rod. child never knows when they're going to get it when they don't. The rules are all over the place. Uh, today I got a spanking for this. Yesterday I didn't. Mom does. Dad doesn't. Ooh, there's another one. You know, if the two of you are not on the same page, a certain behavior is unacceptable, and because of it you have results that should happen. There should be certain boundaries, a certain expectation, certain rules that they need to know ahead of time that says, ah, if you go outside of this, this is the circle of blessing, and, and you're going to have to have some consequences to bring you back in. It also takes persistence. You know, you've got to keep at this. This is not something I tried it once or twice. You know, I tried it for a week. And some of these kids, are, if they have been let go for a long time and they're not being disciplined well, it's going to take a number of times till they get with it. And it's going to be painful to, to make that shift and that change over if you have not. It has to be effective. It has to be effective. Um, not through a double layer of diapers where all they're hearing is just a noise. It's, it's slapping their diaper. That's, that's not going to get their attention. Um, or maybe the child never stops squirming. I mean, they're just squirming all over, and you're trying to give them a spanking, and their little rear is just flying all over the place, and, and you never really get them a, give them a, a real spanking. That's, that's a reason that it won't work, because they, they haven't done that. Remember last week I said one of the hubs of the whole um, character development is self-control. Self-control is so important in this process to teach them self-control. You know what? It's time for spanking. You're going to get four spankings, and you need to lay here still. If you wiggle, you're going to get an extra one. And we gave out a lot of extra ones until they learned, no, you don't wiggle. Uh, they got to just bear it, even at a young age. Um, otherwise, they never know when they're getting the spanking in, during, during that time. But they, you know, did I get it or not? Because you're kind of, they're flailing around, hitting the diaper. They never knew it was in. They don't, they never felt the rod. And this is something they should feel. Uh, the, the wrong instrument can do it. If, if you're using something that is just, you know, like a, my, my mom used this little ruler, which is kind of, stupid. I mean, he, he, he didn't feel anything. Or a rubber spatula. To, or maybe something could hurt them. You know, a belt that's you know, got pieces of glass in it and leather in it. And, you know, might, might be the wrong instrument there. and It's going to cause some problems. We found it should be flexible. It should have some good flex to it. It should have a sting to it where it's not going to damage muscle tissue, but they'll feel it. I mean, there's a science to this thing, guys, where you could hurt, but you can also just, it's a sting where they feel that sting and then it goes away. It doesn't leave a mark. And it just so happens that I brought a sample of one that I can show you one that has worked effectively for us. I think I've got one in here. Yeah. Right here. Yeah. So, something like this. Yeah, so you do. Yes, so it's, it's flexible, and he knows that it hurts, right? Properly administered. Okay, so, so it's flexible, so, and I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this to, to make you guys laugh at the pain because it's a serious thing. But I want you to take this and hit your leg with this, just not with your wallet is or any place where you're not going to feel just like that. And you go, ooh, that was a sting. Just that little bit of a, of a whack. It's the whip on the end. It's a sting, but you want to apply this. The guy created our buttocks as a place that's perfect for this, where it's got no muscle tissue back there, but it, you'll feel it, and it'll give you a, a quick little, little jolt. That you, you probably used that one before in other classes. Uh, not on your wife, only on yourself, please. <laughs> but no, hit your leg. I want you to hit your leg. No, no, no. Come on, you wimp. You're a man. Let her. You hit him on his leg. No, you're still not. And he barely even swung it. You wimp. <laughs> and Gabe doesn't need to. He knows what it feels like. 
Um, so the idea is, uh, you hit that on your leg, and you will you'll say, man, that was a sting. We were going to even, it'll leave a little red mark initially of, of where it was, but it goes, no, 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 you did not. Oh, sorry, <laughs> sir, Dave. No, 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 leg, come on. No, 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 you, you wimp. Okay, there you go. Now you felt that sting, huh? Yeah. I mean, everyone had, no, you cannot pass it. I'm sorry, young lady. Oh, you barely even swung. You, okay. <laughs> Now, when you go home, you will not have a mark on you, I guarantee you, from, from doing it. Yeah, they are $49.95. Uh, no. I'm sorry. This is not. This is being recorded. Sorry. Oh, my goodness. I'm in trouble. Yeah. Okay. The, you, you understand the purpose of it. You, you can feel that, but yet it's, it, it's not going to leave a sting. And it, now it doesn't hurt, you know. It, but it, what it says is, hey, pay attention. You've got to pay attention here, son or daughter, that you're, you're cruising for a bruising. You're, you're doing something that's going to have some pain, and it's not going to be a lasting pain, but it's going to be something that says God has created in his word a, a instruction that we need to discipline our kids, and we use a rod. And I don't know the specifics of a rod being a, you know, a reed or you know, a, a twig from a tree. The idea of being something that will inflict some quick sting, that they know it, but it won't cause lasting. What you're trying to do is change their heart. Get a hold of their attention so they change their heart. That's what we're after. You know, your hand can't, can't give that. I mean, you slap your, you don't, nah. You can in emergencies, you know, certainly if there's something going on. And you never, I mean, face or anything else, the bottom is the place for that. And little kids, I'll let Kathy speak to this when we get to real little ones. I mean, we used to take them, if they're in the grocery store, we could pinch them in a muscle right here. And, oh, I know what's going on right now. I'm getting pain because you're telling me to correct my behavior. That's like a spanking. So there's different ways that you can administer. And sometimes you don't have something with you. You just got to deal with what you have. What this does is it says, I am very serious about this. When I, Yeah, it's, it's neutral from us. But also I'm serious about dealing with this in a way that I deal with it in a consistent manner. And sometimes it, just sitting in mom's purse when you go to the grocery store, you're kind of, <laughs> oh, yeah, mom brought that along. I mean, that's sometimes what it takes. Okay, I, I know that there are consequences to my behavior. Circle of blessing, I don't want to go outside of it. There's the reason for it. Um, it can't be done in anger. Your, your child will rebel. If they see you, you, child, what are you doing? That's, you cannot spank that way. I, I will not allow that. I wish I could be there attached to this thing with a microphone, you know, every one of you who has one, to say, no, you can't. It has to be done in love because it's a, it's a, um, a rescue mission. Another excuse is I don't want to be arrested. You know, spanking nowadays, it's a very serious issue to do something. We are going countercultural. We're going to do more and more of things countercultural as the culture changes here. Um, there really is a validity to this concern in that spanking should be a private manner. You do not do it in public, guys, ever. Just don't spank your kids. And, and you've seen parents in the grocery store, their kids are doing something, and what do they do? They slap them in some way, you know, pick them up by one arm. And, no, that's, that's not effective, one, but also it can be child abuse very easy, and that can get them in trouble. Don't be one of those parents that, you know, whips this thing out, lays them out on the aisle and in a changing table and spanks them right in, you know, in the middle of Toys R Us. That's not going to work, guys. You will get arrested. Um, be aware of others around you and uh, who do not approve uh, of something like this that might cause unnecessary exposure. And uh, sometimes grandparents, grandparents disapprove of it. You know, they don't want you hurting their poor little innocent grandchild that's a perfect angel that would never do anything wrong. And sometimes you have to say, okay, I won't. I won't deal with this here. We had that issue where 
we'd, at Kathy's folks' house, a uh, child would do something wrong, and so we would take them upstairs to, to go administer a little bit of discipline, and Grandpa would follow right behind. Oh, they didn't mean it. They, and he's following behind. He's like, don't worry, Grandpa. We're going to take care of it. And, oh, and he's like, don't. You know, he knew. But later on, and we were the family that did discipline. Later on, he says, man, I just love your kids so much. Thank you for what you did to them. Later on, he saw the fruit of righteousness in them because they grew up being respectful and loving. And these other grandchildren, I mean, they were just all over the place because the parents just did not administer. Even some of them took the class, and, but they didn't rightly apply it. It was like, oh, they heard some information. They got a few pointers and, oh, I'm allowed to use this thing. And, and they didn't, so it was inconsistent. So be careful with your, grand, with your parents if they're a part of this. If, if they don't approve of it, Guys, be, be real um, protective of that. Ultimately, really, it's a question of faith. It's a, a question of faith. Will I obey God even when there are risks attached to obeying? And you think of child abuse, there are risks. If, if you're doing this in your own home, in the quietness of it, um, yeah, if you're you know, hitting them with something different, as leaving marks all over them, there may be a reason for a uh, teacher to be concerned about something like this if they see marks on your child. But if you do it, something like this, it doesn't leave marks if you've thought about it ahead of time and you administer consistently and not in anger. There's some guidelines. Uh, I already said do it in private. That should be one of your guidelines for this. You should tie it to a specific event or issue. So, son, you did this. This occurred. You had this outburst of anger. There's something there. As they grow older, it's going to be more and more attitude. We're going after their heart, not just the physical things. You didn't do this. You were told to do this. And... It's, it would be a, a reason for it. So a very specific event or attitude or issue. Um, you need a secure acknowledgement from the child. You did this. You, you recognize that was bad, yes. So you get them verbal. Remember we talked about verbal and eye contact, how important that is in, in the process of parenting? So you specifically secure their acknowledgement. You want to remind the child of the purpose of this. Now, I'm not doing this to hurt you. I'm not doing this to make your life miserable. I'm doing this because I see you outside the circle of blessing here. And sometimes you will actually physically take and draw the circle of blessing and open up Ephesians 6, verse 1 through 3, and you read to them. You see what it says in here? Children, honor and obey that it may go well with you, that you'll live long. And God says, I need to help you with this. I'm your parent, and I need to, and you're, you're outside here. And you, you draw the little stick figure. Ha ha, you're going to have to learn stick figures like I did. Draw a little guy outside here and say, you know what, this is where you're at, son. You're, you're, you're over here. You're not inside the circle here. And, and I don't want to see you there. I don't want to see you outside God's blessing. I want to see you inside God's blessing. So m part of my process, son, in bringing you back here is I, I need to give you a spanking. You don't have to have this dissertation every single time you meet with them or they've done something wrong, but you refer back to it. You keep saying, you know what, this is where you're at. This is my rescue mission. I'm not doing this because I, I hate you. I'm not doing this because I want to. I'm doing this because I, I've been told by God to do it. Now you've got a reason for it. It's, it's about God's rules, not ours. Uh, that's to restore them to a place of blessing. Um, tell the child how many swats they're going to be receiving. I think that's really important so they know you, you're going to get four. You're going to get five. You're, how old are you today? You're three. Okay, you're going to get three. Whatever it is. And, and they will see even there's a difference between something that was very serious and something that wasn't. You know what? I need to add two more on because this was real serious. And that sends a signal that you're in control of yourself. You know, if you just keep going and going, oh, when's this going to stop? You know, that's, that's not acceptable. So they know that you're in control when you tell them what you're getting. But squirming in our household always allowed for extra. You know, you squirm. I can't administer these right, and you're going to have to get an extra one from that. Um, again, self-control will keep them from squirming if you're working on that as well. Next, you should remove anything that would be make spanking ineffective. You know, if they're wearing some clothing, I mean, you felt that through your pant leg. 
and uh, you probably still feel maybe a little bit of a sting, but but there's it, you can see how uh, some padding or diapers would would uh, make it ineffective. You just have to be thinking what you're doing there. Uh, you should work towards restoration. That's what you're ultimately after is to get them to be restored back to you, um, back to the family, back to wherever it is. Uh, if there's a refusal to be restored, you know they don't want to. Check your own spirit as well as that of your child's spirit. Sometimes it's your spirit. Is they see it? They're reading it all over your face, Dad. That you're mad at me and, and you're you're angry. You've just given me spankings in a way that was was not right. And I can see I'm not ready to be restored to you. Sometimes it's you that's a part of it. But that's what you're working towards is a uh, restoration. Give your child a hug. Um, if you know if they're ready for it, reinforce your love to them verbally. That's not something you should avoid them. Um, tell them that it grieves you to have to do this. But, but keep the spanking in reference to restoration, not retribution. You did this, and therefore you're getting this result. Instead, it's, I want to restore you. That's the reason for the spanking is restoration. That's important here. And then also as a part of that, really, is asking, getting them to ask for forgiveness. You, you want to train them. So, you know what? You did that. You should go ask forgiveness of your mom. You went and, and, and told her um, you lied to your mom. And, and you need to go back to your mom, and you need to tell her, uh, Mom, I'm sorry, I, I, I lied to you. I should not have done that. Will you forgive me? And that's what the words that we taught them. Not I'm sorry, but asking, will you forgive me? I think we're going to go through that in a whole separate session. But uh, that's the words that we tried to teach, so that it was more of a putting it on the, uh, to the other person in their hands. And pray with your child. That's another thing you can do. Again, not every single spanking. Okay, now let's stop and pray for 20 minutes. No, there, it's a good place for prayer in your life. Because part of that process of the cross, where we talked about changing behavior from bad behavior through the heart, over here is what Christ has done. So that's where you can bring Christ in. They get the spank. You know what? Maybe we should just pray and ask God for forgiveness. We should pray and ask God to help us not do this because he's the one that can change our hearts. Prayer ties in beautifully. Rather than, you know, remember we talked about the, the money jar with a dollar if they get, if they don't say, you know, they say bad words or unkind words. Well, you miss that if you're just dealing with behavior. Here, if they've been saying unkind words to their brother and you told them they can't do that anymore and they've just told their brother something that was extremely unkind, you deal with some chastisement with them and now you deal with their heart through Christ and ask Christ to help them to try to get to the godly behavior. It all ties in beautifully. Instead of, oh, look, we got $20 in the money jar. Now we can go out for ice cream because you guys didn't say shut up. No, the, the two don't tie into uh, a prayer or into the Lord. There's some fruit to the rod. It, uh, it teaches that there's outcomes behavior. You reap what you sow. It's a sowing and reaping consequence, and, uh, and that's important. First, it reveals God's authority over mom and dad. You know, God has authority over me. God is the one that put me as your dad, as your mom, and we're doing what God has instructed us to do. This models authority. God told me to be over you to do this, and someday you're going to be over uh, modeling authority over somebody else. It, it shows them that there is authority. We all live under authority. It was one of our first early lessons. And how do we do that? God has authority over me to tell me to bring you into the circle of blessing if you're outside of it. Our conviction about sin shapes our approach to disciplining our children as well as a part of that. Are we serious about there being a hell? You know, if there really is a hell and there is our children because of their actions and their consequences, they will choose a life that keeps going down this path that it's going to lead them to destruction to hell. If we don't believe there's a real hell, then it doesn't really matter that much. But if we do believe it, man, I don't want my kids there. I want that rescue mission. I don't want their life to be short outside the circle of blessing. And then they have chosen this. What a terror that would be to think that I didn't go 
and, and discipline my child and they went wayward intentionally because of, I just didn't offer it to them, that, that's well, well because of our authority that starts that. It trains them to be under authority is the next point. God places everyone in authority. Authority structures are a blessing and because of that there's, there's consequences to disobedience and that's what we're doing here. Thirdly, it, it's a demonstration of parental love. This is one of the fruit of the rob, rod, it's parental love. Hebrews 12, 5. And have you forgotten that word of encouragement that addresses you as sons? My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline. Do not lose heart when he rebukes you. The rod is an expression of love. When God chastises us, it's because he loves us. He wants to draw us close to him. A parent who properly disciplines is showing that he loves his child. That's what's going on. Is I love you, son. I don't want to see you going this direction. And if they see that in your heart, that you're serious about this, I don't want to see you going this direction. You're, you're, you're heading downward. And this is where, especially with teenagers, we get a little bit older kids that you're parenting. This is really where your discipline is going to be more where you're talking to them in this level. You're not using, getting this thing on a teenager. But you're talking to them, son, you're heading for destruction here. I need to put some consequences. And we're going to talk about other consequences as well later. But you're, you're heading this direction, and I am very concerned about your life. This is a very serious conversation we're dealing with because I see this going on. I see these attitudes, and, and I'm watching you outside the circle of God's blessing. I need to. You, you can see the importance of this because I love you. That's a great demonstration of it. You're engaged. You're involved. Willing to invest in careful discipline. Uh, next, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness. And that's Hebrews 12, 11. No discipline seems pleasant at the time. Boy, isn't that true, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who've been trained by it. Use a verse like this on your 10-year-old and walk through it. You know, I'm disciplining you, son. And, and let me just read Hebrews 12, 11 to you. I, I know that this doesn't feel pleasant right now that we're having to deal with this, but it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace if I train you well. That's what I want for you, son. Timely, careful Discipline yields happy and successful children in this area. Next, it restores the child to a place of blessing. That's what we're after, really, is to get them where they're, where they're being blessed. And, and we're not after their happiness so much as we are at their holiness. So it's not just happiness. It's being able to be blessed by God because they are in the right place. Ephesians 6 obviously covers that, verse 1 through 3. Left to himself, though, children would naturally just go to a self-fulfilling, ego-lusting uh, time, that's, that's what they do. That's what all mankind does. They're going to be a slave to their desires and their fears. The rod restores your child back to a place of submission to the parents, submission to God, and uh, then promotes a, an atmosphere of closeness between the two. It's amazing how much proper discipline the kids come back and they love you more. I mean, it's, it's, it's so neat. You don't have this anger in the house where they're upset at you for what you did. Oh, mom and dad just disciplined me. I'm upset. We didn't have that. It was a thank you eventually. And, and it's funny as they get to be, you know, their teen, late teens and 20s, and they, they come back and say, Dad, thank you for disciplining me and training me the way you did. I'm so thankful I didn't end up like this because I see other kids, and I'm thankful that you're not, you didn't allow me. That's, that's exciting when they, you actually see the results of that. They verbalize it. But the rod is designed to work in unison with communication and appeal to the conscience. So we appeal to them, you're outside here. Your conscience says you're, you're outside there. Um, and again, if we planted, remember the shelves? all the, the warehouse shelves, we've planted these things in there already. We've talked about different things that they should do and why, and we put biblical scripture behind them. That's what we now bring out. Hey, you didn't notice this on the shelf of your brain in there for the aisle under respect for parents, and I need to remind you of this. Let's dust, the, dust it off the shelf and, and use this more often, son. That's why we put these things in your mind there. 
Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. I wanted to read you a quick story you're going to have in your, in your um, reading this week out of uh, Shepherding. The sincere entreaty accenting every syllable caught my ear. Dear, you know what Mommy said, and you did not obey Mommy, and now I have to spank you. You know, dear, that I'm not mad at you, but you must learn to obey. The baby was mute in the face of correction, but then she was only a doll. And the Mommy, she was four-year-old Lauren. The speaker behind the speaker was obviously her mother. Lauren learned how to discipline dollies from her mother disciplining her. Lauren imitates Mommy. Her mother understands that Lauren possesses abilities not found in dollies. She knows that Lauren's behavior has a moral dimension. Lauren is not ethically neutral. Lauren's misbehavior brings her into conflict with God's laws. Her heart trades in issues of good and evil. Mother also understands, too, that the issues of correction transcend the present. All earthly punishment presumes, presupposes the great day when destinies are eternally fixed. Mother wants her to be ready for that. As I listen to this little four-year-old, the clear structure and gracious manner of this make-believe discipline session impressed me. Isn't that neat? Where the child had learned the right way to do it because of the way her mom did it and was able to, that was just a natural part of her life. She understood it. I thought that was a kind of a neat thing there. Gracious, purposeful, kind, authoritative, demonstrating the necessity of obedience with a long-term vision of discipline. That's what we're talking about here. That's what we're, what we're trying to do, not anger and flailing. At the very last page, I gave you, um, oops, no, I got this uh, question. Thank goodness, I, I'll have to run through this. Some, some questions, and then I want to, let me cover this. Cultural spanking versus biblical chastisement. Uh, I, I appreciate this. really puts it into perspective, because this is what we in the church are used to is cultural spanking. And this is what you're hearing, all the railing against how bad it is. I agree. Cultural spanking is not healthy. Cultural spanking is something parents do to a child. Biblical chastisement is something you do for a child. Cultural spanking is reaction activated by frustration. Biblical chastisement is response activated by rebellion. Cultural spanking is used as a punishment of last resort. Biblical chastisement is not an act of punishment but of love. Cultural spanking attempts to change outward behavior. Biblical chastisement is used to change inward attitudes. Cultural spanking is used with the intent to punish behavior. Biblical chastisement is used with the intent to amend behavior. Cultural spanking is performed throughout a child's life. Biblical chastisement is nearly completed by age five. Cultural spanking frustrates the child. Biblical chastisement clears a child's guilty conscience. Cultural spanking has no long-term positive effect where biblical chastisement molds lifelong character. Biblical chastisement is used by most Christians. Ouch, that one hurts. I'm sorry. Cultural spanking is used by uh, most Christians, but biblical chastisement is rarely used by anyone now. Hopefully you've gotten a perception of these two and, uh, and the difference between them. I think that's important. There's some questions. I thought I'd bring up Kathy. You know, I'm sure you guys have some questions um, about this because it's a, I mean, it's a serious step when you're dealing with inflicting pain in your child's life to get them to correct. So, Kathy, you come up for a second. I know one of the first one is, is when is my child old enough? Mm-hmm. What are your, your thoughts on that? Um, well, as we can all see, they have some ribs here about and we talked about this lesson a few weeks back where even a nine-month-old will reach over and touch something and look back at you and you know when you say no they're looking at you like what are you going to do about it you know you start when they're little we start with a swat on the hand and that's when our hands would be appropriate when they're small and tiny and you know mobile in the sense that you ask them not to go crawl somewhere they crawled and they got in the car touching something they shouldn't or like Grant used the pot 
when we were talking about wood stove, I mean, that starts with a very young age of a little swab in the hand. So nine months old, so our child's our edging. Child, we, would we start nine, ten months old, and they're crawling around, and they know you said no, and they still challenge that. So right. it's, it's not something that there's this magic age, but when you see in them a rebellion that their heart is going to be doing something that you said not to do, and that's when you start. You don't wait until they're old enough to hear or to completely understand you and talk back to you. They, they understand a whole lot more than they can verbalize. So you start young, it may be with a 14, 15 month, maybe 18 month, depending on your child, and you start using an instrument on them because at that point, you're gonna see that they're gonna be testing those boundaries more. They're gonna have more um, challenge to that authority with physically being able to move around and, and, and go somewhere. I mean, there's, there's a, there's a rebellion you're gonna see in that in that age that starts to come and all of a sudden by two you're you know, the cultural says, Oh yeah, terrible twos. Well terrible twos are just sin nature. They're at any age, but they just happen to be more concentrated and you know, we didn't call them terrible twos, we call them testing twos and we also said they're in the threes, they're in the fours, so yeah. it's not like this just two years old and then that's it. So yeah, you start young. You start young. Maybe in the grocery store, if they're acting up and they're or you know changing their diaper is a good example. Changing their diaper, they're nine, ten months old, and they're squirming like crazy, and you want you want them to be still. You firmly hold their little legs, and if you need to pinch the little thigh muscle, and you say no, you know, be still. A lot of it's in how you use your voice, how you command them as your authority, because you're the one who needs to be in control, not them, and letting them, you know, do this dance all over to try and get them to change a diaper where you're chasing them, because that's going to basically put them in charge. So it's establishing your authority, and a lot of that is just learning to say no. And it's, it's holding them until they're kicking and screaming and squirming until you you know realize that they finally get to that limp point where they're giving up in that fight, then, okay, that's what you want. You want that you know, where you're, you've got you know, the control over them. And it's, it's hard to just quickly throw out a, a generic answer, but... Mm -hmm. You have to be thinking principles. You have to be thinking, okay, I'm their authority. How am I going to get them to obey my authority? And, and it starts young, and that's you know, the basic questions. Don't wait until, oh, my goodness, now all of a sudden they're kicking and screaming and throwing things, and I've never disciplined because I didn't think they understood me. They understand you. They know exactly what's going on with them being little. They may not have the words to verbalize back to you. Okay. Good. I know that's one a lot of people ask. Um, what if your child says they didn't hear you? And that's a good question because a lot of times we excuse their behavior. You know, we'll put a label on them either, um, well, they didn't hear me, is, you know, sort of a label in that sense. But that's when you want eye verbal, um, verbal contact, or I'm sorry, eye contact and verbal, verbal response. response. You know, if they, you, you grab their little face when they are little and you hold their little face into your face and look at mommy, look at mommy. Mommy said, don't touch. You know, you're giving them that face-to-face, -face, and they're doing this, and they're, you know, you know that they don't want to look at you, but that's where you need to start when they're little, getting that verbal, I mean, that eye contact, and even the verbal, you know, did you hear what mommy said? Yes, you know, and so you, you get that conversation when they're very little. Um, that's really important. It's really important, especially when they're um, little, to start that when they're little, and then build that as they get older, and they're twos and threes, where you know, they know what they've done is wrong, and you hold them, you look at them, what did you just do, you know, what happened, what, you know, you, you get them to recognize where they're looking at you, not just, oh, she's over there doing something, and now i got to come spank her, you know, so it's, it's important to tie that together. Mm -hmm. I know sometimes 
they didn't hear you, but yet if you would whisper, you want some ice cream, yeah. they would have heard you. <laughs> so yeah. sometimes the effort they're willing to put into that. Um, we're out of time. I wish we had a lot more time, but I know that uh, we need to get going. Uh, we're going to have a Q&A in two weeks, probably. I'm thinking in two weeks. Next week, we're not meeting. Um, we are going to be gone out of town, and uh, Steve's busy teaching the Grace Connect class. So you get next week off. Um, Start writing down some of your questions, because we have a lot more information. It's hard to, one hour is not usually what we teach. We usually teach at least an hour and a half. Right. So You're kind of cramming it. Yeah. Um, but be thinking, write down some of the questions, you know, and, and especially for you people who, who maybe spanking is uncomfortable. I mean, this is going to be a challenge, because we're dealing with a lot of um, uncomfortableness here that we need to realize this is biblical, and it's biblical for us to use spanking. And so the whole or chastisement, I should say, really, you know, we call it spanking, but um, there, there's going to, it's going to make us feel, you know, questions about things. So be thinking, you know, how you can write questions down. Remember back our very first lesson, we talked about the foundation, and one of those was to be like-minded. Being with other people who have a like-minded idea of this is really helpful because then they're not thinking, oh, what are you doing spanking your kid? No, I'm, I see my child is out of the realm here of God's blessing, and, and they understand the And that's why the church creates a good atmosphere for that, and you hang around other people who do something this similar. This is the lesson where a lot of people will tune out because they think, well, I'll take all that other stuff, but you know what? I'm not doing any spanking. And when you take that chunk out, you've missed a big core because people will say, oh, yeah, this stuff's good, but, you know, then, then I won't spank my kid, or, you know, they just don't do it. And then what happens is you've got this rebellion, and then they're like, well, I try it, it doesn't work. And so it, it is important. So, let me pray, and uh, we'll get going. God, thank you that we, uh, even today, have had a chance to see what your word says about some of these things where disciplining a child is something you've mandated for us. And, and I pray that because of that, we... Uh, we can weed out what uh, what Grant and Kathy said uh, that's of our own nature and my added to it wrongly and uh, instead input your word into the lives of these people, that, that your word is what stands clear at the end of the day. And uh, give them wisdom. Um, for some of them, they have older kids, and this may not have applied full well, but may they have seen the seriousness of the process of bringing a child back into uh, what you command in Ephesians 6 to uh, be able to honor and to obey. And uh, Thank you that uh, each person has been here to, to continue to hear what your word says. May uh, you be with us the rest of the day. We thank you in your name. Amen.